You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Let's talk about the species you're targeting in in Western Maine. Dial us in on that. What what are you chasing? What kind of fins are you chasing on a day to day basis? So to start, Western Maine, particularly the Rangeley region, is the best native brook trout fishing in the United States. We have we have big brook trout and we have a lot of them up there. Hmm. So brook trout, that's got to be number one on the list. Then we got our landlocked Atlantic salmon. We got northern pike. We got smallmouth bass. We got largemouth bass. And those are really the species I target. And we have, you know, a whole bunch of other ones, but that, that's what I go after. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. We're going to take you out to Maine this week on the podcast, Western Maine, and chat with Brandon Beecrest. Brandon is Maine fly guide, does lots of guided trips from the Rangeley region right through to the tidal waters of the Androscoggin River. Uh, we'll chat with Brandon in just a moment. I want to let you know the podcast is brought to you by the folks at the Fly Crate. Since 2015, the Fly Crate has taught thousands of anglers world-class fly fishing techniques. They provide unique flies, gear, and tackle. The Fly Crate is an American-owned company, and they are committed to helping USA veterans by dedicating 2% of sales to Project Healing Waters. Check them out at www.theflycrate.com. Top 10 cities for downloads this week on the podcast. Thanks, folks, for listening in Charleston, West Virginia, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, Vancouver, B.C., Parker, Colorado, Port Moody, B.C., Katy, Texas, Calgary, Alberta, New York, New York, Casper, Wyoming, and Wenatchee, Washington. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. I want to welcome you to the program this time around, and we want to say hello to Brandon Beecrest. Brandon is a Maine fly guide, guided fly fishing trips in western Maine, the Androscoggin watershed, Rangeley region to the tidal waters of the Androscoggin River. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on the podcast tonight. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, so you and I have been playing a little bit of tag, but we finally managed to uh, find some kind of uh, combined free time. I appreciate the chat. I always like to start the show off and take it back to your roots. How did you come to discover fly fishing, fishing in general? Kind of walk us down that road. Yeah, so I was, uh, my parents, my father and mother uh, didn't really fish. My father maybe fished a little bit in his spare time with a worm and a bobber. And when I was young, they just, they were big into the camping and we were doing water sports, but not really the fishing. And then I, the fishing came uh, from me. I, I guess I showed my dad in one way or the other way back when I was like three, that fishing was something I wanted to do. Uh, he just did great in always having a fishing pole in my hand. I always, he always gave me a fishing pole. If I broke one, I had another one. I didn't really fly fish until I was 18. I graduated high school and I just, I learned about uh, fly fishing only waters in Maine. And I learned about 
um, the large brook trout that Maine has in some of the more remote waters. And I just, I had to find them. And it was, I, I picked it up on my own. Uh, I'm self-taught. Hmm. I had a lot of hard years in the beginning. Right. And, but I think I just, I just knew the fish were there because, you know, one thing to help me, social media showed, it just kind of put those pictures out and I knew I just, I had to keep trying. And then, and then it, uh, fly fishing kind of, you know, every time I got a little better, worked my kinks out Mm -hmm. and it brought me to, it really, it brought me to the Rangeley region a lot in the beginning. Right. Because that's where, that's one of Maine's pristine areas. And so I really got to know that area well. And I branched off really far now. I do, I do uh, like northern pike fly fishing, which is something that you can fish all over Maine. And you have a hard time finding somebody else. There's some people out there doing it, but you don't see it. And it's pretty rare. Yeah, fair enough. And so if you don't mind me asking. I guess that's how I got here. Brandon, did you grow up in in Western Maine, or where where was home for you growing up? I did, yeah. I grew up uh, in a town called Lisbon Falls, Maine. I live 30 minutes away from there now. I moved out of here to my current town because of the amount of water that was over there. Mm. Makes sense. So how long have you been guiding in Western Maine? I've been guiding since I got my license in August of 2015. Okay. The first year there I started, I took like friends and people I knew, discounted type stuff. And then I got more serious about it uh, the following year. Third year, I was pretty much full time in the summer and just going more and more now. So what does your season look like? Like I, I realize that you're fairly far north there, so you're probably dealing with, uh, you know, a lot of our kind of winter blues, a little ice, a little snow. But uh, when does the season open up for you and how long does it run? So uh, general raw season throughout Maine is April 1st through September 30th. And within that rule, though, we have southern Maine is open year-round unless it's closed. And the northern part is it's April 1st to September 30th unless it's continued open. So our laws uh, are very complex. Like you read the law book, it's so challenging. Hmm. Uh, and so we have, I mean, it's year-round if you are at it. I fish no problem from early April till mid-December, and then it can slow down a little, but um, I fish in February, especially this year. Cool. I've been fishing right, I uh, was just out yesterday. How'd you do? No, I didn't catch anything yesterday, yeah. but a couple of days ago, I caught three brown trout up on a river in central Maine. Nice. Do you mind me asking what you were doing before you got into fly fishing professionally as, as a day job? What were you doing before that? Yeah, I owned a landscaping business. Okay. You mentioned to me you're doing a little snow removal in the winter now. Yeah, more than a little, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I keep that going pretty good. How's the winter been? This winter, we didn't get a lot of snow. Okay. We had a real slow uh, winter, but... So you're, sometimes that's good. You're probably itching to get 
hit that open water with clients and whatnot. So you say uh, usually early April. I'm curious, Brandon, if you could pick somebody that has been influential in your fly fishing learning curve, who who would you cite as influences? I knew this question was coming. <laughs> so my influences, I just they've come little bit by little bit through many people. I really can't think of one person in particular that has really put me there. Everyone's helped me. You know, somebody's given me this fly. Somebody said, hey, make a smaller leader. I've just got little tricks from, from everyone along the way and just put them together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that seems to be kind of a common theme. I talk to uh, a lot of folks that are in the guiding business and you know, back in the day, there was no self-help, right? It was like basically somebody had to walk you through the steps. But now with YouTube, now with all the all the social media, all the information that's out there, um, you can get really yeah. diverse into that and, and learn from who you want to learn from. You really can, yeah. yeah. Just got to put in the time and, and try to connect the dots. Let's talk about the species you're targeting in, in western Maine. Um, dial us in on that. What, what are you chasing? What kind of fins are you chasing on a day-to-day basis? So to start, Western Maine, particularly the Rangeley region, is the best native brook trout fishing in the United States. We have, we have big brook trout and we have a lot of them up there. Hmm. So brook trout, that's got to be number one on the list. Then we got our landlock Atlantic salmon. We got northern pike. We got smallmouth bass. We got largemouth bass. And those are really the species I target, and we have you know a whole bunch of other ones, but that's that's what I go after. Yeah, fair enough. That sounds like quite an arsenal. Would you like, would you like to hear about what else we got? Well, sure, man. Just throw it out there. What else are you chasing? That uh, yeah. So I mean, we got we got brown trout. We got rainbow trout. We got we got crappies. We got pickerel, we got, we got rock bass, which are kind of a, uh, you know, I've never heard of them really any other, many other places. Hmm. We have, we have all the perch, uh, in this spot in Northern Maine, we got muskie. Right on. Which is supposedly excellent muskie fishing for anyone who is into the muskie fishing. Maine's not really on on the radar for many people that are musky fishing. From what I gather, I haven't been up to this spot. It's way far north Maine, but it's just the best musky fishing there is. But here it's thriving. Sounds to me like you got, that sounds like an amazingly versatile fishery, as, as though you could pretty much target just about anything on any given day. I, I want to get to know you and your backyard just a little bit. You ready for a few rapid-fire questions, kind of get a feel for what's happening out there? Yeah. All right, man. So when you're on your way to the water, what are you listening to music-wise? I like uh, like 90s rock. It's really my favorite. Okay. And uh, if you're ever up in Maine, put it on the radio, uh, 1051. One fly pattern that you just can't live without? A woolly bugger. Yeah, what color? Green. Green, yeah. Olive. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good go-to. Favorite place to talk fly fishing? Have you got a coffee shop, a, a, a pub, a watering hole, um, somewhere you like to go fly shop to chat fishing? Yeah, probably out of fly shop in Rangeley, Maine. Rangeley region fly shop. Okay. Pretty knowledgeable group in there. Yep. 
Favorite sports? We talking Red Sox? We talking Patriots? We talking Celtics? Um, Dallas in on on your go tos in sports? Have to be uh, Bruins hockey. Bruins. I sorry, I forgot the Bruins. No, no disrespect. Yeah, you guys have been riding high for a lot of years. Do you, do you ever get yeah. to any games? I haven't. No, I played hockey all growing up, but I kind of you know suspicions my life. I I don't even get out. I just myself what I do. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. What's the biggest lesson that you've learned through your fly fishing journey? Is there anything, like any one takeaway that stands out to you? would be just to really enjoy what's around you. Yeah. Yeah, that's well said. Whether that be nature or whether that be, or it goes further than that now. Well, I think that's where it started. I That makes sense, though, to me, because I think you start noticing details. You know, fly fishing is really good for that. Yeah. There's there's certain things that you're just like you kind of get dialed in. You, it's good for the focus, and you kind of forget about your problems. Yeah. When you're not fly fishing, you're doing what? Chances are, I'm probably spin fishing. Okay, fair enough. No, or I'm hanging out with my family. I got a young son and my wife. Or uh, in the wintertime, I'll be tending to my snowplow business. Right. Basically, fishing, family. And my snowplow business are my three things. Name a couple of favorite movies from the past few years or, or, or go-tos. Anything you like to watch? I keep it old. I like the old movies, like the old Adam Sandler movies. That's my favorite. <laughs> and Mr. Deeds. Yeah. Happy Gilmore. You just can't beat that. <laughs> yeah, that guy cracks me up. Um, best job you've ever had? Uh, I'm doing it. Guiding, uh, guiding fishing trips. Yeah. Living the dream. What's your biggest takeaway from guiding? Is there anything that specifically that you've really learned from your time on the water with clients? So many little things for sure. Like every person I take teaches me something. No, that's, and I always think that's a good life lesson. You take the little bits from every person you meet along the way that you admire, you respect, and it kind of brings more to your arsenal. It brings more to, it's just a life lesson that you can grow from. Yeah. What's the best fly fishing location that you have ever personally been? Well, I, for my personal sake, because I live in Maine, so I fly fish in Florida, kind of go down there all the time, and I just, I just love fishing the Indian River in Florida. But uh, a Maine, that's just because it's, it's a different environment to what, I'm, what, I, what I live in, but I love fishing in Maine and the Rangeley area too. Nice. So... On that note, when you're out in the Rangeley area, I want you to imagine your perfect day on the water. What does that look like? Kind of paint us a little picture of when that might start, what what you're chasing. Um, describe that. My personal, like for me personally fishing, it would have to be September, preferably early September after a rainstorm. And... Uh, Probably, you know, it's, it's chilly up there that time of year, so you'll have to have your jacket and your layers. And uh, we'd be mostly throwing streamers for fish running out of the lakes, the brook trout and the salmon trying to spawn. And we'd be on mid-sized river, which is mostly all the Rainsley rivers are rather small, mm-hmm. rather remote. you got to hike to them. A lot of times you see moose on the water. September is just, that's my favorite. It sounds like in your area that there's a lot of open water. Am I, am I right in that assumption? 
Yeah. Hmm. yeah. There's definitely our famous rivers and our famous spots on the famous rivers that can get crowded, especially on the weekends. But, uh, I mean, it, it, it's pretty easy to get away from if you know at all what you're doing. As a guide, you probably have your go-to and equipment. I always I like to kind of get a feel for what's what's your go-to fly rod. If you could pick one rod in your arsenal, your go-to every day, what's your favorite stick? So there's a small uh, business, small uh, fishing store next to my house that my friend became the manager of, and uh, they sell a fishing rod, fly rods from a brand called Alika. Mm-hmm. And I bought one of them. Uh, from them and started and I, it was a pretty reasonable price rod. I think it was like 180 bucks and I casted it and I just, it easily felt like a $400 rod to me. And uh, I bought more of those and I've been pretty stacked up on those Alikas now. And uh, my personal favorite one is a 10 foot five weight Alika X2. Okay. What is it you like about the 10-foot? Because I know I'm in the same boat as that, and it, there's something nice to have that little extra leverage, especially if there's any wind. Yeah, I really like it for nymph fishing mostly. Uh, I use it for the little bit of streamers if I'm fishing from a drift boat or, or any type of boat. But for the nymph fishing, it really helps, especially on our rivers. That, that extra foot, you can just, if you're like Euro nymph fishing or tight line nymphing, it really, you, you can just get, to the pocket you're trying to fish a little bit easier and we have a couple of rivers that are moving pretty fast and euro nymphing is kind of like the go-to for for the people that are catching a lot of the fish and i i really like it for that we're chatting today with brandon Beecrest out of poland maine maine fly guide guided fishing trips in western maine the uh androscoggin watershed the Rangeley region sounds like some beautiful waters. I'm curious, how much would you say, Brandon, is your walk and wade versus drift fishing? Describe your normal day on a guided trip. How, how does that look? So I'm about 50-50 on that one. I do. I work for a lodge that has private access to a big area of lakes, uh, a lake and a river system, and it's all wade fishing up there. And I work for another lodge who we do drift boat trips down class four like white water. And that can get pretty extreme sometimes. And I do uh, I also have a, uh, a raft, an NRS fishing raft. And I put that, I kind of have a trip on a, on a river that really very few others raft. And uh, I raft down there. It's a small river moving pretty slow some deep pockets i brew that one for clients because just we can get there at a different angle something they can't do on their own um, and then i have a 18 foot ranger aluminum center console boat that i've i bought it specifically for guiding on the lower androscoggin river and i do that for the smallmouth bass mm-hmm. so i'm about 50 50 on wade to boat trips sounds like you got a lot of different avenues though to, to explore because it, it, talk about being versatile as a guide what does that bring to your to your trade i think it's just so important because i'm watching all these other guys and they're just keying in on these famous rivers we have 
and they're fishing them every day and they're wade fishing into them and they're hiking into them and they're bringing people every day and uh, just bring them all to the same spot kind of doing the same thing over and over and I really I don't like that personally for, for my enjoyment and I don't like it for the pressure that it puts on on those pristine native fish there I like to spread it around bring different people different places mm. and your time on the water as a guide in western Maine have you got any crazy fish stories that come to mind anything weird that's happened to you in your your time on the H2O Anything weird. We really try to avoid the moose. Every once in a while, they'll come on the other side of the river and throw a temper tantrum, and we got to get out of there before they <laughs> come in the water. I've seen that. I've seen that. Especially during the rut. We do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely in the fall, yeah. Yeah. And we do some uh, middle-of-the-night fishing, too. Okay. Is that for brown trout, oh, or what do you... I've had some crazy fish stories. Oh, we're doing that for... I mean, I do it for all the species, but... But our brook trout, hmm. kind of fun to throw mice in the middle of the night. How big do the brookies get in your area? My personal best is 24 inches. Wow, that's that's a beautiful brook trout. I caught that in 2009. Other than that, uh, a 20-incher is a good one, 22s. You see quite a few 18s, real real healthy. Yeah. Like 18, 18 inches, they're probably about 3 pounds conservatively. They do get big, yeah, and they got—they just got wicked body to them. Yeah, they can be like little footballs, right? They're not necessarily overly long, but yeah. they can—they get pretty round. Mm-hmm. And they can fight so hard. They don't—they don't go airborne much, but they really pull. Yeah, they'll pull you back and forth across the river. They stay down deep, and you don't know what you got until it comes up. Do you do a lot of still water fishing, or is it mostly moving water? I wouldn't say I do a lot of still water, but I definitely do a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. I do. We got some ponds that are great, great brook trout fishing, and I also do uh, some still water fishing for bass in the northern pike. But mostly moving water, seventy percent moving at least. Is there anything you think we can be doing a little better? as fly fishers, um, is there anything that irks you that we're doing or maybe we can improve? Yeah, I really wish that fly fishermen would, I know there's a lot of people doing it, but I wish more of them would just back off the, the those world, you know, the real famous high quality trout rivers, just a little bit, you know, everyone, everyone deserves the right to go enjoy them. But if you're going to fish every weekend, you don't need to go back to the same river every weekend. You need to go be a little more diverse. I'm finding in Maine, we have a big crowd that flocks to a couple certain rivers and they go there every weekend. They keep hitting the same thing. And I just really wish they could just, just get out of that, get out of that rut. Yeah. Yeah. There's big fish there and it's nice and it's fun, but if you're doing it every weekend, I just really wish they change it up a little bit. And certainly it takes back, like people are, changing it up i'm not saying nobody is but there's so many that are just staying on those pristine native trout and and i just hate seeing them get get all the pressure i mean i certainly give them the pressure of my own but uh i just wish we could spread it out a little bit well i think that speaks to what you're talking about as far as the diversity you're not doing the same thing every day you might be hitting some waters that are maybe less pressured and and to be quite honest these iconic rivers that are on bucket lists and, and, and even still waters, it's great. But I don't know about you, but I'd rather be on a piece of water 
that I have to myself or very few people. And there's something special about that experience. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. Do you do a lot of fly tying? I don't do a lot, but I do. I have about four patterns that I tie. And the only reason why I tie them is because you can't buy them. <laughs> well, I'll come up and you're letting the cat out of the bag now. <laughs> what are these? I, I, I suspect one's an olive woolly bugger, but what are the other three? Yeah. Yeah, I got my own little spin on the woolly bugger pattern and uh, leech patterns. Yeah. Those are basically my, my two things I really tie. I call a couple streamers every once in a while, but I'm just, life's just so busy. I have uh, yeah. so much. It's just, for me, it's easier to, to buy the ones that are available. What What's your go-to colors? I know you mentioned olive. But as far as leech patterns or woolly buggers or, or any minnow patterns, what, what's a go-to cover, sorry, a go-to color in, in Western Maine? Uh, white is great. Hmm. For leech patterns, I do white, brown, or black. Put a little flash in them, change them up, maybe put a different color bead head on the front. How much of that depends on the clarity of the water? How much of it, you say? Yeah, so so if you're dealing with cl- clear water or maybe you're slightly colored water, how much influence does that have on the color that you're throwing? Yeah, it definitely has an influence, but you know it goes back and forth. Some days when we have muddy water, the dark color works, and other days we'll have muddy water and the white works. So it's really hard. It's one of those, one of those really hard things to know. Like, was it the fly I had that made that fish bite? Was it was it the timing? Um, but there's definitely some influence there. Was it a sunny day? Was it a cloudy day? There's so many variables, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is definitely some influence on the color of the water. I I just make sure I try to stick with dark water, dark color to start and see where that goes. And if this, you know, if we're striking out for a while, we change it up. Yeah. So did you get, did you get your son out much? Is he, uh, starting to get the bug yet? Yeah, so I took my son out on his first time when he was 11 days old. Wow. Right now, he's two years old, and he is very proficient on the water with me. We do great. <laughs> he loves it. Nothing like nothing like getting him started early. Yeah, we go. By the time he was four weeks old, we had fished five times. Wow. Yeah, it's in the blood. It's in the DNA at that point. Yeah. If somebody's visiting the the Poland Maine area or looking to come out to Maine and hit some of your beautiful uh, sounds like there's a lot of unpressured waters and maybe some real treasures. How do they look you up and how do they find your guide service? The easiest way would be uh com or Main Fly Guide on Facebook. There I got Instagram at Guide Main Fly. Somebody had my name before. I wondered that. Or uh, they could just give me a call. Yeah. At 207-837-4838. Brandon, thanks so much for, for sharing your passion with us tonight and, and taking uh, time away. I know you're busy with the snow removal business and getting geared up for the uh, for the open water. Thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you betcha, man. We've been chatting with Brandon B. Crest out of Poland, Maine, Maine Fly Guide, 
look them up, chasing some amazing fish and uh, a lot of fins in the western Maine region. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines and we'll see you on the water. Mm-hmm.